On today's episode of Locked On Spartans, former Michigan State lineman Travis Jackson joins the show to talk about his time in the green and white. We talk about Michigan State and Iowa's spread, Matt and I will, and then I'm going to spring a surprise topic on an unsuspecting Matt Sheehan. Let's do it. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Spartans. Uh, 27 is... 24, baby. That's right. That still happened. Still <laughs> happened. Don't let anyone ever tell you it did not happen because it still happened. All right, let's turn the page. It is Wednesday, November 4th. The year is 2020. I'm your host, Will Hunter, joined by my desperately needing that beer he just cracked co host, Matt Sheehan. Mm-hmm. Matt, how are you doing? It's 10 30 on election night. It's, it's No matter who you vote for, what side sure. you're on, I feel like Ten the times. presidential election nights are pretty stressful for everyone. They are, but honestly, like, earlier in the night, I, I looked at my wife, I was like, I, this is kind of exciting, you know? Like, all right, there we go. Like, there's a certain buzz in the air on election night. Like, no, no matter what <laughs> side you vote for, I'm like, no matter what history. happens, we've got some news going on. We've got some <laughs> history going on. So, no, I'm fine. I guess. And as far as, like, beer's concerned, like, Will, I don't know about you, um... I'm just frightened to drink now these days, man. Like, this yeah. this whole, like, parenting thing, I can't imagine doing, even with, like, the slightest hangover. So, like, Saturday, like, sh- did I have beer? Absolutely. But I had, like, four beers over the span of six hours just because I was so scared of what a potential hangover could feel like within the first two weeks of parenthood. So, uh, <laughs> the beer tastes great, but let me tell you, boy, am I drinking responsibly responsible over here uh, these days, Will. boy. I had two quick ones while trick-or-treating nice. right after the game. And then I was like, I'm putting a pause on. Hitting the brakes. It's scary yeah. these days, man. I, oh. Responsibility. Whew, that, that slaps <laughs> in the face very hard. <laughs> on today's show, we are going to, well, Matt is going to talk to former Michigan State lineman Travis Jackson. That'll be in segment three. Segment two, we are going to talk about the Michigan State and Iowa spread. It's an interesting point spread. Matt and I have some Hashtag thoughts. Yes, we do. Fears. And then I'm gonna spring. I'm gonna spring a question, a proposition on Matt in uh, segment one. I think it's a good one, and I think it will drive some good thought, and it'll also help me uh, promote something of my own. That is the plan for today, and that's always the angle I'm going for. That's the plan for today. Show reminder to rate, review. Subscribe to the podcast. You can find Locked On Spartans wherever you get your podcast. We do this every single day, five days a week. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Matt, are you ready to have a topic sprung on you? No, I'm scared, but yeah, go, go oh, on. Oh, it'll be fine. Do, do what you do. It'll be fine. Is it movie trivia? Segment one movie trivia? Is that what we're doing now? It is, in the heart of football season, okay. movie trivia. Oh, God. Is it really? No. Okay, thank what? God. <laughs> <laughs> Start the show on a Wednesday. Sometimes That'd be the ultimate curveball. Folks. That'd be the ultimate curveball if you did that. That's, that's why. <laughs> New listeners, uh, which there are a lot of you, thank you. Yes, you guys are the best. If you come back in the summer when we don't have much to talk about, occasionally occasionally I will spring movie trivia on Matt because Matt has seen six movies in his life, and one of them is The Town, which he has seen 900 times. Right, Matt? 903, actually, if you count the quarantine viewings, but yes, that is accurate. So... That's the, uh, there's the inside joke there. Now you're inside. No, Mm. okay. Mm. I've got a, I've got a, a hypothetical situation, an alternate reality. And I want your take on it. Okay. You're going to get my take on it. Okay. I want you to 
Think about the 2018 and 2019 Michigan State football seasons. I thought about them today as I was walking my son by the fridge with the two schedule magnets from that year. We had the 2017, 18, and 19 schedule on mm. the freezer. I said, uh, little guy, uh, this year went well. These two, <laughs> oh, it's a good thing you were not around for these. Uh, so, yeah, this is fresh in my memory. Yeah, it was about a half okay. hour ago I did that. All right. I want you to have the, those two seasons in your mind, mm-hmm. and then I want you to get rid of them forever. They're gone. They never even happened. It didn't exist. It's a great hypothetical so far. Okay. okay. Yeah. Good like, so far? Yeah, this is great. Then I want you to imagine running out onto the field for Michigan State against Rutgers at quarterback is a young up-and-comer, redshirt junior Rocky Lombardi, who is yet to take a meaningful snap at Michigan State. Mm-hmm. And I want you to imagine he has the game he had against Rutgers, and I want you to imagine the game he had against Michigan, mm-hmm. and I want you to now tell me what are your thoughts on that player Wow! moving forward. Wow. You've got two games of sample size. 2018 never happened. 2019 never happened. you got two games. Brand new starter. First time you're really seeing him other than some mop-up duty here sure, or there. Sure. Thrown for 300-plus yards back-to-back games, six total touchdowns, two interceptions, and helped lead an upset on the road at Michigan in his second start. What is your reaction to that player? What is your outlook Ooh, on that quarterback? How do you boy. feel about him? Oh, it's it's good. It's positive. I mean, week one, I think it was, what, a 72% completion cliff? Like, that, that's going to play, certainly. And then uh, week two, not the highest completion percentage. I think it was, what, 17 of 32? Albeit, and I said it on Monday's show, the sexiest 17 for 32 passing you'll ever see in your entire life. So with that said, well, I I think if I didn't know Rocky Lombardi until this year, if I just came from an Aboriginal tribe and I made my way to America in the year of our Lord 2020 and I was never exposed to Big Ten Network before this year. You don't even have to do that. You just have to like just imagine he's a recruit who never got to play because he was behind uh, a healthy and competent Brian Lewerke. Yeah, that's less fun though than you know, making my way up okay. here. For, okay. Okay. Um, I would say like probably top four quarterback in the conference at at baseline, right? Uh, well, you can certainly project to... that. Sure, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're Sean Clifford. You got uh, Graham Mertz. He looked pretty well. You got this guy in a small town in Ohio, Justin Fields. I, mm-hmm. Rocky Lombardi looks pretty, pretty damn good. I don't know. Well, I you know, well, it, I, I don't think you ever chart plays or anything like this. Or I don't think you ever watch film or anything like that. Uh, well, he had some drops in the bucket 30 yards downfield. He had some nice tight windows he hit 10 yards down the field, Will. I'm joking, of course, because I saw all this on your Twitter feed as you were uh, chopping up these clips and everything. But, like, even in real time, it's like, damn, this guy this guy is hitting, hitting these players in stride downfield. This is nice. He's got some touch. He's got some accuracy. Is every throw perfect? No, of course not. What is he, Justin Fields? But, man, I... Two weeks in, like, go ahead. Maybe I'm living in the moment. Maybe I I still got 27, 24 fever on my brain. But, man, looking like uh, on the Mount Rushmore of Big Ten quarterbacks right now so far this season. Tell me I'm overstepping. Just bring bring me down from my cloud nine right now, Will. Do it. I dare you. Do it. No. Oh, yeah, baby. We're cooking, baby. Yes. Okay, so this either means one or two things. um, That Rocky continues to do well this season. Okay, likely, perhaps. Or uh, the podcast Jinx rolls on and he lays a 11 for 39 <laughs> yes. passing effort in Iowa City this Saturday because that's Three just picks. what our podcast yep. does. Um, yeah. All right. Go on, Will. Sorry. The whole point of asking you that is I think still 
too much of what happened in 2018 especially mm-hmm. is clouding everything. Yes. Uh, there were people uh, a series into the Michigan game. Just Rocky Lombardi's not a Big Ten quarterback. Rocky Lombardi, uh, I don't know if Peach listens to the show. We follow him on oh, Twitter. Great guy. Love part him. of yeah. MSU Twitter. Mm-hmm. Said last week, Rocky Lombardi might be the worst player I've ever seen, or worst quarterback I've ever seen at Michigan State. In a game where he threw 74% completions, 300 yards, three touchdowns, had two picks, one of which was garbage time, heave it up, dear God, make a play. And the other <laughs> one was literally just a miscommunication with the receiver on a new concept that they've been practicing for a few weeks. Like the most explainable, easy to correct interception ever. I, 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 I don't know how you could ever come to that. And he's not alone. No, not, I don't know right, how you could not, ever not come to that opinion without having your perception completely just flooded by 2018 and 2019. And I've been saying for a while, hey, 2019 uh, was all mop-up duty yep. and terrible situations where you don't really want to go play quarterback. Mm-hmm. And 2018 was probably worse, Matt. Uh, you, you don't think that fine, calm day in, in Lincoln, uh, late November in 2018 did him well, it, throwing nah. the ball in, in what seemed to be 30 mile an hour wins in, in sleet yeah. to receivers Behind that seemingly line. have dropped every other pass that game. Yeah. It's fine. I'm over it. Um, yeah. yeah. Behind a line that is hurt and can't block with running backs that are hurt and can't run with receivers that are hurt and can't catch. You know, Brandon Soward starting on the outside for you. Not really a you're a redshirt freshman in your second career start. Not really a prime. Brandon Soward's being uh, your jump ball guy in the red zone. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh. Dave Warner and Jim Bowman, your co offensive coordinators. Fantastic. Not really Sing the most me. conducive environment to successful quarterback play. We had this take before the season, though, and like this is when I was in my fever pitch of, hey, maybe the offense can be something, but like it kind of was a clean slate for Rocky this year. New coaching yeah. staff. He doesn't have really uh, a quarterback battle that he's got to fight up in. There was a quarterback battle, of course, but like he was always kind of the leader in the room. But, man, like 2018, I, I talk about the, the weather for the Nebraska game. Fine, that's one small detail in that season. But the biggest detail was is how they – Handle that whole injury saga with Lewerke yeah. and like shaking not one quarterback's confidence, but both quarterbacks' confidence. It was malpractice what they did. Go listen to like any episode from like last year. I, I I was still harping on it last year how horrible it was on both quarterbacks' mindsets. So yeah, a clean off season. Well, well, this doesn't happen. So excuse me, but I'm gonna I'm gonna celebrate here. I might have had a take two games in. That did not age poorly yet. That Rocky Lombardi <laughs> did kind of have a clean start to the season. I kind of yeah, thought it was maybe just me being a ridiculous fan, losing it in no, the no, moment no, no. and build it to the season. But, like, I, we're seeing the dividends return here so far. Look, he's a totally different quarterback. If you can't see that, right. you should maybe try harder at watching football. You're like, just you, is, you're watching DVR games from 2018, then. That's your problem if you yeah. can't see it by now. Yeah, it's not even the same player. I wrote about this. A bunch, spartanswill.substack.com. The headline of the story is Rocky Lombardi dot dot dot, future professional quarterback. And you can go read about it more there. Matt, we're going to come right back. We're going to talk about this Iowa-Michigan State point spread situation because I feel like you're nervous about it. We'll do that here in just a second. But first, a word from Coors Light. I'm not... Chuck, 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 chuck. Yeah, chuck, chuck, the, chuck, the, chuck, the, chuck. the chugs don't really come over the, the yeah, microphone. It's fine, here. it's fine, it's fine. These days, see, <laughs> these days, it seems like life forces us to be on all the time. But every now and then, it's important to stop and reset. That's when you reach for an ice cold, delicious Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment that is made to 
Chill, Matt. You've got one going right now, don't you? Absolutely. No, there's nothing like a big election like Coors Light. Well, actually, yeah. there is. Uh, Victory Saturday Coors Lights. Well, yeah, we went over this. Uh, yeah, we, we did we the did. hierarchy. Of course. Victory Coors Lights are the prime Coors Lights. You got, you know, shower Coors Lights. Mm-hmm. Some bonfire. Wait, Some bonfire Coors bonfire, Light, tailgate. Bon- tailgate. Poolside slash beach golf course. Coors Light, yeah. Will. You're singing to me now. Yes. yes. Yep. Beach, beach uh, is another good one. A lot of good ones. Job interview, Coors Light, just all of them. Yep, <laughs> just, you know just, yeah. Listen, show up to a job interview with a Coors Light, they're going to be like, this dude, this He gets gal, it. They he gets get it. it. He gets it. He, he doesn't they fall under pressure. This guy it. knows how to chill when it's time to chill. We need this guy well, on our team. You might need to chill this weekend when Michigan State is going to Kinnick Stadium, a place that is not very fun to go to. Thankfully, there will be no fans Correct. there in Iowa for that one. Thank so. God. Get yourself some Coors Light. Get ready for that game. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill, but you already knew that. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Mm, It is absolutely delicious. It is the one we choose when we need to unwind. So when you want to hit that reset button, Matt, Mm -hmm. reach for the beer that's made to chill. It's Coors Light. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly, Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Today's episode's also brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar, let's go, baby, build those bars. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Yes. If you listen to the show before, you know that. We tell you that all the time. If you're new, get on board. They have 18 amazing, delicious flavors. Six of them are new ones, Matt. Got among, I'm just going to read you a few here. Talk okay? to me, yeah. We got caramel brownie. Sold. Cookies and cream. Very sold. Apple almond crisp. Beyond sold. Oh, yeah. Mint brownie. God. Underrated flavor. Just banger after banger so yeah. far. Salted caramel toffee almond peanut butter brownie. I could go Just on. There are me. so wreck many me. good flavors. These bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. And they're not just delicious. They are delicious on your body. Delicious on the body. Delicious on your body. These things are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. Take the uh, cookies and cream bar, Matt. You think cookies and cream, how could that be healthy? 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs. Go in your in your pantry or whatever right now. Grab the protein bar you have and compare it to those numbers. Mm-hmm. It will blow you away how much better Built Bar is across the board. And we've got a promo code for you. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON. One word, LOCKEDON. You'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Matt, the spread here for Michigan State-Iowa, you've been kind of pressing to talk about this. Right, Uh, I think it's definitely interesting, too. Why don't you tell me what you're thinking here? Why is it something you wanted to address? Yeah, sure. Like, usually we save the therapy sessions for Monday after a game um, when I overreact. But right now I'm going to need some Wednesday therapy here. Uh, As a fan... Okay, like as a fan of not just MSU, but of of sport, if you will, of athletics... um, MSU comes off a very impressive-looking game against Michigan where they just Mm -hmm. looked like a a pretty damn good team. Not a lot of flukes there, in my opinion, my humble opinion. Uh, Iowa 0-2, and this isn't an 0-2 necessarily against Ohio State and Wisconsin. They're 0-2 against Purdue and Northwestern. Not Mm -hmm. horrible teams, fine teams. Hard stop at fine. A couple close losses. Close losses, of course. 20-24 at Purdue. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Lost 20 to 21 home to Northwestern. And we feel like Northwestern's pretty good and Purdue's Purdue. Yeah. They can they can do some things. They're fine. And sure, of course, let's not ignore Michigan State lost by 11 to Rutgers. And you would mm-hmm. think maybe, okay, well, just like what happened last week, cream will rise to the top. Eventually, you're not going to get a seven turnover game. Um, everything is going to be okay. And that's how you get a win against a top 15 team like Michigan. So just, again, a fan of sport, I think like, MSU could probably win this game by a touchdown. I don't know. Like, and then I think of the mindset, oh, well, what, what will they be favored by? Now, if I didn't know the world of gambling, I would think, oh, they'd probably be favored by three or four, something like that. Well, the, the team that's 0-2 is uh, opened up as a nine-point favorite over the team that's coming off of a top 15 win. Mm-hmm. I, I can't think of a stinkier, more stench-riddled line than that. And will... Mm-hmm. I'm going to transition here from the fan of sports thinker into the gambling thinker now. Ho, ho, isn't that a, a dark, freaky Friday world to go down? Um, yikes. When something stinks to high heaven, like Iowa, an 0-2 team, bringing in a team that just dethroned a top 15 team and looked good doing it, and they are the nine-point favorites? Oh, no. Oh, Oh no, something something not good is going to happen in Iowa City. I, I compare it to, and this is going to be niche, so p- excuse me. Top 20 Kansas State goes to West Virginia last week. Mm-hmm. West Virginia was four-point favorites. How can that be? What? They're, mm-hmm. they're bringing in the top 20 Wildcats. Well, the Mountaineers won that game by 849 points. It, it was yep. over by the yep. time the coin toss was over with. like yep. So that that's... Yep. I'm, that was a stinky line. It, was, it smelled out loud, stunk. and I jumped on it, and thank God I did. Um, this line reached high heaven, though. I was 0-2. Nine, not, nine, not, not, nine point favorites? Uh-oh. Uh, uh-oh. Uh-oh, Will. Let me ask uh-oh, you this. Uh-oh, Uh-oh. Yeah, go on. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm 100% with you. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. After week one, Iowa loses on the road to Purdue, lose a close one, last, really last second, last minute, they sure. lose to Purdue. Yep. Michigan State loses at home to Rutgers. Mm-hmm. Flip these games. Yep. Michigan State's going to Iowa week two. Okay. What's the point spread? Uh, Probably nine. However, do you, do you, I'm sorry, and I forgot this point too. Iowa's missing their top receiver too. That doesn't seem to affect the line that, whatsoever either. Well, that happened after open. After open, excuse me, I thought it happened before. Regardless, no, we're still looking at, at a nine. touchdown. So yeah, and okay. it, it pretty quickly moved to seven. Okay. It opened minus nine, and the consensus is seven. A couple places have six and a half here. I've got it up in front of me. Yeah, Matt, that line stinks. Uh, out, out loud, Will. Out, out loud. loud. It's not like you know they have like this quarterback that's absolutely cooking, Spencer Petrus no. or whatever. However you say that last name. He's got one touchdown, three interceptions, 53% completion percentage. Like, even for an Iowa quarterback, that's not great. Like, we're not asking for a lot in Iowa City here if you're a black and gold fan. But that, yikes. The run game's solid, though. Like, we'll get to it later in the week. But their run game is decent enough. But I guess, what, it's obviously their defense that the the bookmakers like, right? Because, well, you also got to look at the total as well. 46. It's not insanely low, but it's lower. It opened at 52, I think. 50 and a half. Gotcha. Opened 50 and a half. So that's come down to the under and Michigan State have been the big bets early. Mm-hmm. Um, which here, I'm just looking up real quick. So that'd be a 27 oh, to 20 victory I, then. I is almost what just said the F word. Yeah, you saved yourself though. Do you know why? It's because you're nice and chill. Thanks to Coors Light, Will. Okay. Iowa is 28th in SP+. 
Wow, that is uh, way higher than I thought they'd be. Yep. Okay. They are a very nice 69 on offense. They have the number 12 defense, number 23 on special teams for an SP rating of, where the hell did they just go? 10.4. So keep that number in mind, 10.4. Michigan State okay. is a 3.5. So that we'll seven that points, seven. couple for home field to open, makes sense. Yeah. Although Michigan State, 15 on defense, 41 on special teams, 111th on offense. Do they not account last game? Oh, come on. It's just a small part. Like, there's a lot of... No, and it's like a bunch of, like, smart people stuff and, like, science and math and numbers and it's like, come on. Here's here's my sort of... My overarching... (laughs) Overarching? My overarching thing, I think, is what is driving this line. All right, Michigan State. Prove it. You lost to Rutgers... You beat Michigan. Who are you? Either way, prove it. Like Iowa's more sure thing. Like you've lost two close games to fine yep. teams like Michigan State. And you're all over the freaking some, map, right? Yep. Iowa is going to be pretty much what they're going to do. They're going to score a. in the mid twenties, yep. and they're going to hold uh, a, a average to mediocre team to like low twenties. You know that that's what's going to happen. The game's going to be in the twenties, mid to low twenties. Good defense, not a lot of possessions. The clock's going to be moving. That's what you're going to get. Yeah. And Iowa's defense is proven. I think Michigan State's you could feel pretty good about, but it's not all the way proven yet because there's still a lot of new players there. Mm-hmm. And then Iowa is certainly, like on offense, they're not great, but they're going to be able to run the ball. They, they're just, they're Iowa. Yeah. And that's the most boring way to describe them ever, but it's how you describe them. They're Iowa. And you just feel good about, like, all right, they're just not going to screw up. In Michigan State, one week has shown the ability to screw up more than anyone could ever screw up. And then a week after that, they didn't really screw up much at all. We'll, you know, get up for uh, a rival, let down after beating a rival. Certainly a a tough spot. Iowa is desperate for a win. That also puts them in a good spot. Mm -hmm. They need to go, you know, one and two here, starting 0-3 with all the crap that's going on there. So Iowa certainly has the better spot, better team you would think, or at least more reliable team, and then they're at home. So it kind of it makes sense, and I think it's probably the right side to be on, although I have absolutely no idea what to make of this Michigan State team right now. So it's either Hawkeyes by 30 or Spartans by 30 in Iowa City is what we're uh, saying. Is that what you're saying, Well. Kinda. <laughs> no, I know. And like so, Vegas. If you add the total, forty-six and the spread, twenty-seven to twenty victory. That's mm-hmm. probably every score that Iowa's ever played to in, in their entire history of their program. Like that. that and if that happens, yeah. we're like, okay, that makes sense. I mean that that screams Iowa versus Spartans at noon on a Saturday, like twenty-seven twenty, just your yeah. run of the mill. Like that 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 is, that personifies yeah. Big Ten football right there. So yeah, I. It's, I can see it, but I don't like being able to no. see it. <laughs> it's certainly a line that raises your eyebrow because Iowa's 0-2, and like you said, Michigan State's coming off a really big win where they looked good. Yeah. we got to keep in mind... It's a calm-down spot for sure as well, right? Yes, and this you can't make huge swings on lines based on one week. It's not a winning proposition for books to be reactionary. They have They have their power rankings... They have advanced numbers. They have really smart people setting this stuff up. 
And that's what they go with and tweak from there. They don't go wildly swinging week to week because that is what fans do and that's who they take advantage of. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, oh, exactly. Yeah, I think um, a lot of people took some cheese there. It's been 74% of the public tickets are on Michigan State. And the line has come down appropriately to minus seven. Um, but it has sat at minus seven for a while, despite a lot of bets coming in on Michigan State still, which makes me think some smart people are liking Iowa. Yeah, and, and waiting for that line too. to come oh, sorry, down. No, you're good. And just like when that comes down to like six and a half, they're going to snap it up and it's going to go right back to seven. It is a double stinky line weekend too because Bloomington has the same thing going on too. Wolverine's favored by yep. four now. Like, oh yeah, public's going to yep. be all on the Hoosiers. And you shouldn't be. And you really, you gonna really shouldn't 14. be. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll pause here real quick. We'll come right back with your interview with... Oh my God! Who did you interview? Travis Jackson, the Travis Jackson. yes man I, for, I was himself. Like, which yes. I was like, which line man was it? <laughs> so Dan France was it Fofanotti? Was it? Uh, no, Jack I almost Allen, but... yeah. Oh my God! I couldn't remember which lineman it was. Yes, Travis Jackson, the the creator, not the creator, but the bringer of the Daniel Bryan yes chant to Michigan State athletics. Do talk about Michigan uh, beating Michigan? The chant? Did you, t- did you ask him about the chant? Uh, stay tuned. Stay tuned. We'll see. Stay we'll see. We'll tuned. see. What a tease. All right, we'll do that here in just a second. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, folks, we have got a great one today. I am super fired up to be joined by former second team All Big Ten guard Rose Bowl champion. Cotton Bowl champion, Spartan fan favorite, and and a guy who was 4-1 against Michigan in his career in East Lansing, Travis Jackson. Travis, how on earth are you doing today? I'm doing well, man. I uh, Especially after this weekend, couldn't be more fired up. I think I've been wearing Michigan State gear all last week and continuing that on this week. So wearing it, wearing it proud down here in the streets of Columbus after that big win. So uh, couldn't be doing better. So as a fan, like I am, the, the Michigan game is just full of stress, anxiety. But just like I said earlier, like you went four and one as a player in this rivalry. So like when you watch this game, is it stressful for you too? Or is it just like a thing like, ah, like I actually beat them four times as a player. So like I'm really all good no matter what happens here. Like what, what's it like watching this game from a former player's perspective? Oh man, I I mean we're right there with you guys. It, it's anxiety filled every single year, every single matchup. I have I have a hard time watching it around other people if they aren't diehard Michigan State fans. Um, so I I I watch this one alone, locked in for all four hours of it. 
Um, but man, it's, it's, it's always about the next year. And you know, when you play, you go to school here, you're a Spartan fan, you're a Spartan for life. And it's always about, it's always about that last game and how you measure up on that. And, and the past doesn't matter, man. I mean, obviously those are great times and great to build on, but it's always about that next game and that Michigan game. There's no other important one other than that. And so, like, after the game, you get guys um, like Devin Gardner who, will, like, talks back about MSU or Chase Winovich, calls it a lucky win. So, like, that obviously irritates the, the fans like us. But as a former player, like, when you read that, like, do you see that as just joking around? Or does that just seem kind of odd to you as well in that rivalry? Like, what's that camaraderie like between you and, I guess, former Wolverines? Yeah, I mean, I, I think when, when you're on that field, you go to Michigan, you go to Michigan State, that, that, I mean, it's a bitter rivalry. They they don't like us. We don't like them. Um, it's it's funny seeing those guys kind of go out and tweet at it. And it's something that everyone's passionate about. So I think it, it, it evokes a reaction. And I think uh, whether win or lose, and it evokes reaction out of former players, fans, whatever it is. I mean, uh, there's nothing better than being on Twitter after a Michigan win or a Michigan State win. So uh, seeing those guys, I, I don't get into that back and forth of it, sure. but you got to love that it bothers them that much <laughs> that we uh, beat them this weekend. And that's sweet. I was, uh, you know, having a drink, smoking a cigar, going through Twitter, seeing those kind of <laughs> tweets is, is the best. I was going to say, what's, what's the celebration in the Jackson household like? Are, are you running up and down the street doing wind sprints after the game? Or it just sounds like just <laughs> yourself a nice drink and light the cigar and just ride the night away, man. Yeah, no, I, I was just super excited. We were texting with some of the guys. Um, everyone, everyone was just really excited. And, and really, I think, um, I think my wife is probably the most happy person because she knows the rest of the day is going to be a good Saturday night go. <laughs> because I'm going to be in a good mood. But I don't know. It depends. It's always different. This one called for a drink and a cigar. I, I couldn't have been more proud of those players, how hard they played. And um, when you wear that green and white and you see those guys out there, uh, I mean, they're playing for everyone, past, former, uh, and future players that are going out there and you just couldn't be more proud of those guys and uh, you kind of feel a little bit in spirit with them so that that was just the way it went this Saturday. So when you're watching the game and you got the group chat pop and I imagine there's probably a few former teammates in there as well who's like the most eccentric most fun teammate to have like in a group chat during a game like that who who was just having themselves a day on Saturday? Uh, I you know I really love talking to uh, I was texting with Jack Allen a lot um, about it and he's he's a pretty colorful guy all around so um, he has some some pretty funny one-liners and probably words that aren't aren't uh, able to be used on any kind of podcast but um, I you know texted some of those guys a lot of former O-line guys um, everyone's super excited everyone's tensed up during the game and nothing better than celebrating after a win. And to go back to your playing days on the field here, like you hear like broadcasters, journalists, analysts all always talk about like just how nasty the rivalry is. Now, is that is that true or is that just like media talk or is it really extra compared to those other games? I think I know what the answer is, but I, I just want to hear it come from you, of course. Yeah, there's there's it's very extra. I mean, it's it just is what it is. There's a lot of extracurriculars and piles. And during the game, there's a lot more talk. There's, there's just a lot of of uh, disdain, I think, on the field when you're in there. And um, I, I think that's the part that makes it fun, a lot of little extra shoving, a lot of little mm-hmm. extra angst. And I, I think, I think uh, you know, we embrace that as, as Spartans. And um, I, I think for the most part, Michigan's trying to embrace it. But, you know, seeing some of them, I think some of them still try to 
play it down as not a rivalry, but I think after nine of the last 13, they might want to change the mindset on that one. Maybe. Who's to say, though? I, you know what? No, actually, don't change the mindset. It's great the way it is. I'm, I'm cool with how things are going. That's okay. Um, so you guys, you played predominantly in the 2013 win. Um, if we could just talk about that game really quick, but on the other side of the ball, when they had, I think, minus 500 rushing yards or whatever it was, were you able mm-hmm. to appreciate that from the sideline at all? Or when you're on the sideline, like, are you just like talking to coaches, players about the next drive, next drive? Or what, what's that like being on the sidelines when the defense is putting out that performance as well? Yeah, I mean, when you that, you feed off the defense, man, I, that's that's huge. The offense feeds off the defense, the defense feeds off the offense. So you come off the field, maybe you're a little exhausted after a long drive, maybe it was a short drive. You kind of make your your quick uh, adjustments that you need to do, and then you're you're either standing up or sitting there, and you're just as locked into the game as every fan in the stadium. And when big plays happen like that, it just it boosts the other side, and so we feed off that. And I think as an offense or a defense, when one one group is playing that well, you need to live up and hold up your end and it holds you accountable too. And so uh, we get so excited. I, I mean, in the four years I was, I was there, we were super close as a, just a tight knit team. And so you love those guys on the other side of the ball, you're going against them uh, for half the year in spring ball and in camp. So uh, you know how tough they are and you love seeing their hard work pay off and it fires you up being on the other side of the ball too. Speaking of getting fired up too, the following year, 2014, like the, the whole team had a great game, but you specifically had a hell of a game. I think I, I read you had nine and a half knockdowns in that game. And that's, of course, the game where us fans remember it as when U of M, I forgot what player, put a stake into the ground uh, to start the game on U of M. I don't know if you remember that or if you were able to see yeah. before the game. Did, do you have any recollection of that or what was that like from, from your point of view? Yeah, you know, it was um... – it was it was a little bit surreal because we were lined up for the national anthem and they came out and one of their guys came out and stuck a stake in the field and I it was kind of one of those things where you just kind of shook your head and kind of laughed a little bit right because uh, that scene that year we we knew the beat down we were bringing to them over the next sixty minutes so um, it was a nice little puff of the chest uh, before we got going for them but we knew it was we knew that 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 what we had come for them that that game so it was kind of we kind of just chuckled a little bit and and got on with got on with the business no right on and so this is a broad question here but like what was your favorite moment just from any of those uh michigan games that that you've played in man oh that's a really good question um it's hard to pinpoint one I, i think like um one that was really awesome was probably my redshirt freshman year. Um, I, it was the Nike combat jersey game. Oh, yeah. Um, and, I mean, you're in the thick of it there, and, and we're fighting for a lot at that point. I think that was, like, the first year the Big Ten Championship was even a thing. And uh, we were kind of really just building our confidence at that, that point. I think we had been, like, co-Big Ten Championships the year before. But 2011, you know, we had Kirk um, – Kirk at the helm at quarterback, we felt like we had a really good defense, but we had a lot to prove in, in moving from that status of being a good team to being like, you know, a great team. And um, that was a major game for us because Michigan had a really good squad that year. Um, and we went out there, I think we ended up winning 28-14. Um, and that's a really special moment because that was a big-time milestone for us, I think. I don't, I don't know. I think we beat them some, so many times in a row. Maybe that was the fourth time in a row at that point. Um, but that was a huge moment. I think that was a huge change for Michigan State going from being kind of dominated by Michigan to the other way 
for the last 13 years, last 15 years, whatever it is. So um, I think that was, that was a major turning point and something that was really cool just for our culture for the next three to four years um, that I was there. I think that was a huge turning point and an awesome, awesome win for us. And just to get away from rivalry talk for a hot second here, I know this happened a few months ago, obviously, but Mark D'Antonio stepping away. Um, he's obviously coached thousands of players seemingly. So I, I'm sure he can't keep a connection with all of them, but have you been able to keep connection with him at all? Or how shocked were you that he stepped away? Were you able to talk to him before? Yeah. After that? Or what, what was that like for from your family? Yeah. You know, Co- coach D and I are really close. Um, I spent a ton of time with him when I was a captain, my senior year, mm-hmm. um, I think with Shalik and Curtis and, and, um, coach D is a great guy. I owe that guy a lot. And, um, I, I, you know, I never got too much into the politics behind all of that or what was going on. Mm-hmm. Or, um, but you know, all I can say from that is like, uh, you know, coach D had a great run. We still stay and stay in touch. Um, that That's guy good. really yeah. truly was a huge part in shaping me from being a kid to being a man. Um, and gave Michigan State and, and us some of the best, best years of our lives with those games. And um, I couldn't be more happy for him. I know he just had a granddaughter, so um, nice. I'm sure he's, he's enjoying grandpa life. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, really, I'm, I'm really happy for him. And also as a former player and a, definitely an ardent MSU supporter as you are, what's like one thing from the, the D'Antonio era that you would want to see carried into the Tucker era? Like what do you think really gave you guys an edge that you want to see continued throughout the, the next regime here? Yeah, I know. I think honestly it's just that toughness and grit. Um, you know, we might not always get those five-star recruits um or even sometimes might not even get that many four-star returns but when you step out on the field you you take everything to the field you give it your all and you play tough and you play all 60 minutes and I think that was evident that that Tucker's kept that um with this team in that Michigan game they were they were relentless and and they weren't gonna you know give up they're gonna play all 60 minutes and they and they're gonna make sure that even if the score didn't turn out in our favor they're gonna make sure that the, the other team was feeling it the next day and this is the last question I had for you before I let you go, but uh, are, are you surprised that I went this far in the interview without bringing up the yes chant by any chance? Yeah. yeah. All right, good. I'm proud of myself funny. too. I got to say, I got to pat myself on the back here, but yeah, I've been sitting on that one for yeah. a while. That is pretty funny. I was, I think earlier on, I was anticipating something about that, but <laughs> it, it follows me everywhere. It's, it's been something that's really cool that kind of turned out as a, as a fun thing that I, I did to, keep time passing in camp when we were watching film and then um, for it to take off like it did and, and to see that be a part of Michigan state over the last uh, six, seven years that I haven't been there has been really special for me and really cool. And um, I, I think I've been able to connect with a lot of people, people that I've met, people that I haven't met. I feel like I, I've gotten to connect with a lot of people through that. And um, that's been really a really cool thing. And um, I, I, it's, it's been awesome to see. And it seems like it keeps popping up places and, and following me everywhere, which, which I love being attached to Michigan State and love be atta- being attached to being a Spartan. So um, it's, it's really cool. Love that, man. Well, that's uh, Travis, Mr. 4-1 against Michigan Jackson. Travis, not only can I thank you enough for joining me today, but also just thank you for what you did at State, man. I mean, you guys were on some fun teams and uh, probably wouldn't have been as fun if not for your hard work, especially in those 2013-14 seasons, man. So thanks a ton for everything, Travis. Yeah, thanks, brother. I appreciate it. I I enjoy being on the other side of it with you guys, too. So major fan here, and I appreciate you having me on, man. 
Absolutely, man. Well, hey, best of luck with everything down in Columbus. All right. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of Lockdown Spartans. Thanks to Travis for joining the show today. Uh, I think we're going to work on getting him to be our thick Thursday correspondent. We're going to see if he's into it uh, because he said he used to do a podcast um, with Mike Sadler and, and hasn't done one in a while and just sort of misses doing that. So I think we might try to bring him on for Thick Thursdays and just be our Thick Thursday correspondent to give us, uh, I don't know, either a preview of the trenches or like a recap, one lineman who stood out from the previous game, something like that. Uh, I think that could be a lot of fun. Love that. There we go. So, all right, we'll be back tomorrow. We're going to look further into this game. Matt, I think you... Might be bringing a nice treat to us in the form of a Lockdown Iowa crossover segment. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that was a home and home. I thought I was just doing it for that. It should be a home and home. Oh, that's, yeah. that's very exciting. Yes. Oh, wow. What a, yeah, what, no. what a time to be alive. Yeah. Yeah. You do 10 minutes with him. He does 10 minutes with you. Oh, wow. This so is fun. Andrew Wade of Yeah. Andrew Wade of Lockdown Hawkeyes will join us for a segment tomorrow to help us learn a little bit about Iowa, why they're 0-2, and maybe he has some insight on how they could still be favored over Michigan State. We'll start breaking down Michigan State-Iowa coming up on Thursday's pod, and of course we'll do it Friday as well, really get into the nitty-gritty. So I hope you join us then. Rate, review, subscribe. You can find us wherever you get your podcast. Matt, take us home. I'm so scared of that line. All right, go green.